Obviously. On the prompt. Uh, I love how you have such a sizable portion of the show dedicated to people calling you an idiot. Welcome to the prompt, a weekly panel discussion on technology and the culture surrounding Apple and related companies. It is November 20th, 2013. This is episode 23 of the world's greatest podcast. My name is Mike Hurley and I am joined by Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, sir. How are you? Uh, I'm good. How are you? I am very well. Very well indeed. Now, Federico is still without internet, um, unfortunately, in the in the great land of Italy. Um, he wants to, to tell all the listeners that he misses them and, you know, and we miss him. So we decided that we needed to take action. So we looked to Mr. Powerslide himself, and we have with us today <laughs> Jason Snell. Welcome to the prompt, Jason. I believe I've been referred to as friendly and nice by you, Federico Batici. So I've got the Batici seal of approval. Good, and right. you know, every, all the all of the prompt listeners know um, how influential you have been for the show. Um, I only listen to the prompt while circling Infinite Loop. <laughs> with my with the windows down and the radio turned up all the way to, yep. to spread the word. That is really the preferred listening method of this show, but unfortunately, only you can do it. Right, not everybody can do it, but if you can, you should. It's it's yeah. it, we we like it. Yeah, if you live in California, download the show every week, drive to Cupertino, and uh, it'd be like a parade. Be fine. Yeah, in no way would the police be involved. I haven't been there. I haven't been to. To Infinite Loop. Oh yeah, we didn't go at WWDC, did we? No, nobody wanted to go because everybody else had already been. I mean, yeah, once you've been a couple <laughs> times, like yeah, but I haven't even been the know. one time. Okay, well, so we'll go at WWDC. We'll go down. Thank you. Okay, listeners, you hear that? So I I'm promise. gonna I'm gonna float this idea now, okay? Because we're talking about WWDC. I'm just gonna I'm gonna put this out there. Um, I want to do a live episode of the prompt at WWDC. Agreed. We are hoping Federico will be there. If he is, then I really want to do it, and I want to do it with a, with a small audience. Yeah. You know, the problem is that we record this with no pants on. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll just get a table with, like, a long tablecloth. It's San Francisco. It. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. If it's not, legal. we do know somebody with a studio in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, will it fit right three of us in there, though? You can fit, uh, well, I mean, yeah, we you can fit four or five people in here, mm. even. Wow. Are you in there right now? Until the oxygen runs out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's hermetically sealed, but, you know, we don't worry about things like that. Uh, but, yeah, I think that that would be a lot of fun. I've always wanted to do a live podcast, like, with other people watching. Um, I think that's going to take money, which we don't necessarily have. It's where we turn to kind sponsors. Kind sponsors. Yeah. You could also band together. I, I, I've talked to a bunch of people who are podcasters who are in the Apple developer community who've talked about doing that. And I, I bet you, uh-huh. you know, you could band two or three um, podcasts together yeah. and, and have the, you know, night of a thousand podcasts yeah. sponsored by, and those would be the nice people who paid for the space and the yep. beer. Right. That's a good idea. Or just wait, do, go to the live talk show. Which yep. I think we all went to, <laughs> and wait till everyone's so drunk they don't notice it's us. Oh, and then or we just grouper, grab we the just mic. run on stage. We just run on, push yeah. John off, and we just deal with it. Yep. Yeah, I think that's um, that's fine. I think that's how you take action. <laughs> um, it's kind of a weird week because my follow up list only has one item. Yeah, I'm really uncomfortable about it because follow up is usually like forty links, and there's only one thing in there. Follow up. So it's uh it's about photo management. No, just kidding. <laughs> Hopefully that is behind us. Um, well, we have a link from uh, Matthew Panzerino at TechCrunch. Uh, Apple updates iWork for iCloud beta with collaboration, printing, and folders. And um, I mean, you can read the article, but the headline basically says it. Uh, I didn't I didn't realize that it couldn't print. That seems like a sort of basic function, uh, but I'm no programmer. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys like. I got some flack on Twitter about this. I was like, you know, like I, I was hard on Apple in my little link list post. Like, guys, like, really? You, you didn't print. You didn't have folders. Like, um, and people are like, well, it's it's beta, and I, I think that's where the um, sort of the issue is that you know, beta, like the actual word beta, means one thing, and then the way that companies like Google apply it is very different. Like, Gmail was in beta for what, like five years. 
and it wasn't crashy. You could print your email. Um, so no, do you, do you guys think Apple's kind of up against it with the, with the term? What does beta even? I actually think iCloud might fit the um, description of beta better than like Siri. I never felt like Siri was being worked on in the background. It was just sort of like an excuse. Well, it's not going to work right, but it's beta, so don't blame us. <laughs> and iCloud, at least if they're if they're rolling out this stuff behind the scenes and they're adding printing and other stuff like that, I mean that feels more like beta for me. It's every so often there just more stuff gets added. That's like, oh, you're actively developing it, but it, but you're not done yet. That that seems like. It counts. I mean, if you keep Gmail up for five years and say that it's a beta, it's it's crazy, right? Yeah, I just feel like if you um, stand on stage and do like a ten minute presentation about something and then make it available to everyone, I don't know if it's that sort of beta. Like, if this was just available to developers um, or like a small subset of people, but they very much like made a big thing about it and, and promoted it quite heavily. I don't know. I, I, I agree that the, the, the beta tag w- is, is ruined. And I, I'm not saying they should do this, but for example, if they called it the iWork for iCloud alpha, then I think people <laughs> would, would, I think we would be more forgiving of it anyway. But regular people don't know what alpha is. And, and like regular people sort of know beta is like test driving or something i mean i don't think people know what beta really means but i think beta has become a word that is understood by regular people and alpha is still like a super nerd kind of thing yeah yeah guys i shared i shared a page of document with you so you need to take action we've just both taken action upon it yeah thank you and and it did i mean it did pick up you know one thing we complained about was you couldn't tell what other people were doing and uh, we actually had some follow-up uh, someone wrote this post of like, hey, the WWDC um, or whatever it was, the iPad event on stage and they're doing like the Eddie Q like movie sex poster. There's you can see what the other people's cursors and everything. And they seem to have added that. I don't know if that was necessarily what they were going for. <laughs> That's but, what it meant uh, to me. What? I. This is so. Sh- this is like the first. Yeah. Okay. This is weird. Hmm. We're playing yeah. around now. We're, yeah, we're, we're not yeah. really podcasting. <laughs> the best anymore. podcast ever. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it, it's less. The sharing is less crappy than I thought it would be um, because I've used some other web tools that were like uh, trying to be Google Docs but weren't as good. Um, we used to use uh, what was a Subetha Edit for a long time to do oh, collaborative yeah. writing, um, and then we eventually switched to. I think there was a there was another web app that Google bought and killed. That we used for a while, and I know the Tidbits guys used it, and then we switched oh. to Google Docs. It was like Ether Share or Ether Poke or something. I don't even know what it <laughs> Ether was. Poke. That was it. Ether Poke. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was it. <laughs> and, and a lot of them are like, uh, like you. Well, you can collaborate, but if you're in a paragraph, no one else can touch that paragraph, which was really lame. And Apple seems to have done a better job than that here. Hey yeah. guys, you remember Google Wave? Hmm. I really regret having the Wave tattoo. Or the wave logo tattooed <laughs> on me. <laughs> I'm trying to oh, right, <laughs> rightly. Hindsight, it was that was what hindsight. it was. Rightly, W right, like, with like rightly. A, uh, yeah, rightly. that was what Google bought. That's Wikipedia helped me with that. Oh no, Have rightly you, was uh, what Google Docs started out as, but they also bought the oh. technology for Etherpad, uh, which I think they open sourced the the source code for Etherpad, but. Um, they pulled the Etherpad guys into the Google Docs team because that was a collaborative document web editor too, which is a, a really esoteric feature. I think it's actually kind of funny that they would take that on stage and the Eddie Q, you know, the Eddie Q show and his little album and all of that. Because um, if you're in an ad agency or or something, I'm just not sure that most regular people are swarming through a collaborative document, right. <laughs> making a post it together. Have you guys spent any time with editorially? Um, yes, I, did, I have I, a little bit. Um, I did it. I, I wrote a um, an article for Sean Blanc, the Sweet Setup site, and uh, we we did it and edited it in in their environment. And it's pretty good. I mean, it's uh, what's really nice about editorially is it, it's kind of like designed around the idea that you know Google Docs and iWork is like collaboration, and whatever you can do in there is fine. Ed- editorially is kind of designed where it's collaboration for editing and so you get things like comments and to do's um, it's like hey you know this paragraph doesn't make sense or you know 
let's rework this sentence. And you can actually comment back and forth in there. And you can do some of that in these other tools, but this is sort of geared towards like being a writing tool online as opposed to just a blank document. Um, it's pretty uh, pretty interesting. I'm excited about it. I mean, the whole idea that you're you know, able, whether it's in a, a web browser or an app or wherever, to collaborate with other people, I think it's great, but I'm an editorial person who, you know, editing documents and and stuff like that is is what we do every day and even writing things together collaboratively is something we do so i just have a hard time seeing how much further out it goes is a law firm going to have you know a, a, a web-based tool to do comments and redlining maybe eventually i don't know i you know but for people like us it's it's a i think a cool idea yeah and it, i mean i love google drive though it it yeah. it, it works for me it does what do you it guys they, use? They, they um, moved us to to Exchange and uh, Office three sixty five, and oh. when the, the, our, our our overlords and they said, well, what are you using on Google that you just absolutely can't live without because it's not going to be email or calendar? And we said, you got to leave us our our uh, Google Drive, our Google Docs because we use them all the time. And so they kept them. So you've not moved to Office three sixty five then? Uh, we have, but uh, we still have our Google apps for just for that for uh, for Google Docs basically. I feel like. Like we need to try three sixty five at some point to kind of round off this topic. Uh, but what what is that experience like, Jason? What what I mean, I can't imagine it's bad. I mean, Microsoft makes Office, which you know is bad. No, I don't know. <laughs> Office is good at what it does. It's you know, I have no problems with it. But what it does isn't very nice. Sorry, yeah. that's a comic book reference. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 surprisingly acceptable actually the web the web apps actually have surprised me that they are they're not they're not bad the the web mail is a little weird but it's not bad and the uh there's like sky drive where you can put a document and then edit it and it's basically like google drive um it just feels everything that microsoft does is geared toward like they're imagining a corporate environment with thousands of seats and they're all standardized on office and 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 clearly that's who they're envisioning it for and i don't know if google has a vision for who's using its tools or if it's just like whatever we're making a word processor see what happens um and i like that better because i'm not in a 2000 person organization that's standardized on microsoft office and so all of the advantages that that office 365 offers for that sort of thing are lost on me cuz it's just not my thing, and it, I haven't used Word regularly to write things since I don't know. It's been like a decade at least, <laughs> if not twenty years. But it's been a long time. Um, do you guys? You know, it's it's interesting to think about like who actually uses these things, and you know, I, I deal with a lot of companies of different sizes in my job, and like it's definitely these smaller companies that are more like more willing or maybe more able to use something like like Google Drive and I don't see any of them rushing out to use iCloud but um it's it, it's surprising more times than not someone will you know if I ask for a document they'll just send it to me in Google Drive like it's it's sort of more widely used than I think I had previously thought I don't know it's Google it's everywhere yeah. you know so I think free. I think yeah it's it's yeah it's free which is excellent but I think people just expect Google to make good internet stuff. So if you hear like, oh, Google has a free version of Microsoft Office that lives on the on the web and you can get apps for your iPhone and your iPad and your Nexus tablet, then people are like, excellent, I'll use that in future. Why would I pay for Microsoft Office anymore? Yeah, and I think that that, that holds a lot of weight. And I I don't know if Apple could, could pull that off because I don't know if people think of Apple in those in those terms. Like yeah. I, I wonder, I wonder what will happen now that these apps are free. You know, like iCloud. Oh, sorry, I I work and, and and those you know those apps. I wonder if that will change perceptions at all. I'm not sure because you know anybody buying a new iOS device will now will now download those apps and they will use them to to write their word documents and make their uh, spreadsheets. Yeah, let, I'm sorry, Jason. I'll, I'll tell you the um. Where I always saw Apple apps used more than anywhere else was in my kids' school. And they actually were, you know, adopting Google Docs and all that. And I look at something like iCloud Pages and I think to myself, well, there's going to be like a whole lot of teachers 
who who might embrace this because it's a way for them to do you know your kid your kids in your class can store their files somewhere and and uh, and log in from home and stuff like that. I could I could maybe see something like that. And, and it's funny. So it's like is Apple going for the being the ubiquitous document sharing uh, tool or or not? I'm I'm not sure it is. But if any the past is any indication, there will be lots of people who who use it for work or who use it in in schools and things like that. Those are the same people who are really angry when they update pages and they break all sorts of features too. So it's the same customers. Yeah, I tried to. Angry. I tried to open a like a, a pages document that was on my iPad that was saved in Dropbox. It just wouldn't let me. And I was like, really? I mean, I'm not doing anything special. It's right. just a table. But obviously, because it was made in the old version and I hadn't yet opened it on my Mac, so it hadn't done like the whatever it needs to do to convert it to this new file format. But you know, I wasn't making like pivot tables or anything. It was just like <laughs> a, a, it was just some cells with some numbers in. I was like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lex Friedman had a really good um, article. This I don't know if you guys have heard of this website, Mac it's Macworld. I think it's Mac- I think it's pronounced Macworld. That's it. Macworld. Yes. It, M. Yeah. Big it's, M. Little C. Big W. Yeah. It's, it's where Lex used to work before he uh, got left. fired. Sure. <laughs> wow. Um, and it's it's about you know uh, inconsistencies in Apple's services and how um, that can lead to, to some mistrust. And I think you know sidestepping the whole uh, you know data collection for advertisement thing, like people trust Google Drive to work and to be there when they open a new tab and 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 browse to it. And, you know, Apple doesn't have the best record when it comes to cloud services. So I feel like, like while, yes, the Apple name might help them in places, and I think, Jason, you're, you're absolutely right, in education, that's, that's huge for them still. But I think there's definitely some hesitation out there of like, you know, uh, this is the company that did MobileMe, and iCloud, you know, <laughs> blew up my contacts three years ago. And, like, iCloud's much better at a lot of stuff than it than it, it ever has been, but I still think they've got some some connotations that they've got to kind of get over. So we do have um, something else iCloud related um, <laughs> that you and Federico did, but before oh, we God. do that, shall I take a moment to talk about Squarespace? Would that be good? Yeah. yeah. So I want to thank our sponsor for this week, and that's the fine folks over at squarespace.com who give you absolutely everything you need to make an incredible website. They are the all-in-one platform. That makes it fast and easy to put your next project online. Maybe you're building an online portfolio, a site for your business, and you want to integrate commerce. You can do that because they have all of that stuff. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TALLYHO11. Squarespace this week um, took the wraps off some two new fantastic applications that they've been working on for iOS, which I think... I mean, I've been playing around with them a bit this week, and I love them. So they have two new apps. They have a, an app called Squarespace Blog, which is the blogging app, you know, the, the one to post to your Squarespace site. You can uh, easily write drafts. You can post. Um, you can schedule posts and review posts as well. If you have contributing writers on a Squarespace blog, you can do all of that. You can also monitor and manage comments in this new app. It looks fantastic. Really, really nice. It's very iOS 7-y in a way. It's like nice and clean and white backgrounds and nice text and that sort of stuff. Um, but the Squarespace blog app is fully integrated with Layout Engine, which is their amazing WYSIWYG page building system. So what this allows you to do is really easily format text on natively writing Markdown. But my favorite feature in these apps is if you add images to your posts you can drag and drop them around on the page and it just then your text will sort of then wrap around it format around it and it's just a really easy way to do that i mean i've always found you know if you go back through the years adding images to posts and getting them to show exactly where you want can be a difficult thing to do in these types of blogging systems but squarespace have really nailed that and they've also done it in a fantastic way for the iPhone and the iPad and also Squarespace metrics for the iPhone is a great way that you can this is a a separate application and it allows you to view your website analytics so you can view page views and unique visitors they also can give you projections and charts 
for your websites too. But you can also add in like your Twitter account, your Facebook account, and, and that sort of stuff, and you can see your followers there as well. So it keeps like your track of all that information. So at a glance, you can see all of that. And they've uploaded, oh, sorry, updated their uh, portfolio and Squarespace note applications for iOS 7. So portfolio is for people that build a portfolio on Squarespace, and it gives you an easy way to show off your work to clients and that sort of stuff. And also Squarespace note, which is a, a note-taking application. Um, that works really, really well with like uh, taking quick notes and posting them all over the place. So that's just part of the awesome stuff that you get when you sign up for Squarespace, as well as beautiful themes that you can build your websites with, 24-7 customer support. And all of this starts at just $8 a month. If you're looking to build a site online, in my opinion, there is no better place than Squarespace. And I want you to go and try it for yourself because that's the best way so you can see. So go sign up for a free trial. There's no credit card needed to do that. And you can start building a website straight away. And when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure that you use the offer code TALLYHO11, that's T-A-L-L-Y-H-O-1-1. It's going to get you 10% off your first purchase and show your support for the prompt and 5x5. Thanks so much to Squarespace. They give you everything that you need to create an exceptional website. So what did you and Federico do a couple of evenings ago? That sounds strange. Um, I retract that comment. <laughs> Well, it's a family-friendly show, mm-hmm. so um, Federico had this idea to see, I think it was a two-part experiment, to see how iCloud and Google Drive would behave under a certain circumstance, but it was also a test of uh, the internet and Twitter on a large scale and what those people are actually like, and it turns out they're terrifying. Um, <laughs> Federico opened an iCloud document um, basically up to the world and tweeted the link to it and said, Hey, this is going to be open for 10 minutes and you guys go and collaborate, make Eddie Q posters to your heart's content. And basically I'm, I'm pretty positive that like the one iCloud engineer that works overnight in North Carolina, like his beeper went off and he had to run into work because it basically all fell apart. Like it started slowing down and then like it actually kicked me out of the document. Like I was in there before he shared it with the public and um, kicked me out. And then like, we got all these like weird error messages. Like it was no longer available for editing and had been taken offline. And apparently it's not designed to be collaborated on by thousands of people. So I make that, take that and, and run with it. But then I said, you know what, Federica, that's a little unfair. We should do it with Google Drive as well. And so I made a Google Drive document, um, set it you know, to the public. Federico tweeted the link again, and it did end up crashing out too. But it lasted a lot longer. And, and in those few moments, Federico and I saw the other side of the internet. And it, it, it can't be unseen, and it can't even really be described, but it's... It, it's like once you've like you've seen like if, it's like once you've gone around the far side of the moon like you 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 can't come back from that right like you leave part of your soul there and, and part of my soul is gone. Were you like you were on the operating table and they had to bring out the paddles and they asked you about it later and they said your body was suspended above the table and you were yeah <laughs> see you could see the internet from there yeah it was um it, it was and not that there's anything bad right like don't think that people were like putting pornography and like it wasn't anything like that it was just weird like it was really strange it feels like you can't talk about it like <laughs> no no it's like it's like so it's like you're in macho bionic like if it's like if bionic took document form but was thousands of people there was someone just p- copying and pasting and uh, bacon and waffles in all capital letters for pages <laughs> and pages and pages the words right or the words okay. and there were gifts and there were sometimes it, like it would flash like comic sans blue for a second like it was trippy so we we tried a few years ago um you know we do our, our uh, live blogs like everybody now uh at apple events and one year the live blog platform that almost everybody was using died during right at the beginning of the apple event because <laughs> their servers were completely overwhelmed by almost everybody on the internet wanting to know what the new iPhone was going to be. It was an right. iPhone event because those are always the highest traffic. And um, we, were, we were like, what are we going to do? And I had the bright idea of pasting our live blog into a Google Doc and sharing the Google Doc with the internet 
to view, not to edit, but just to view, and taking the sharing URL and tweeting it, which mm-hmm. and po- posting it on Macworld. And we did it. And the same thing happened. It went for about a minute and, or 30 seconds, and then it freaked out and died. Um, although what I found out later is that, turns out, <laughs> very Merlin Man, turns out, uh, if you go to file in Google Docs, there's a publish to the web mm. command that will generate apparently a m- much more stable URL hmm. um, that people can view. You basically, you're viewing your document as a web page and then theoretically, I'm not sure whether they have to reload or whether they have to, uh, whether they can just sit there and watch you as you edit it. Um, and that's what the Google engineer who contacted me afterward to say, don't do that. <laughs> I was about uh, to make that joke. I'd be yeah. like, oh, I bet a Google engineer contact you. No, they really did. They really did and said, don't do that. Use the publish to the web feature. And we never used it again anyway because um, after that, everybody realized they needed to change their ways when it came to live blog tools. But I, I, I've, I've seen that same moment where these you know, these tools are not meant for publishing. They're no. for broadcasting. They're meant for tiny, tiny little work groups and schools and stuff like that. Yeah. Not thousands. Not uh it's Federico's army of Twitter followers. Yeah, <clears throat> that's the real lesson here: is that um, Federico's popularity on Twitter will crush any system, except apparently Twitter. The um, the well, real your question, popularity will crush Google. Don't sell yourself short. Well, to be fair, my Google account is now forever unclean. I like <laughs> you can go into Google. So one part about Google Drive that I have little no idea how it works is when things are actually deleted like you put them in the trash and then sometime later it's like a guy comes by and empties the trash in your google drive document um and so you can go in there and it's like if i look at my trash there's tons of stuff and but you can go in there and like permanently delete things and i was like this document is banished from the earth um so i randomly found out earlier today how incredible google drive's revision history is oh yeah I was it was in my 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 document that I have my outline document for command space. I have every single I have every single show all of the notes now which I didn't know I had access to. So I can go back and just bring up the outline for any show that I did. That's that could be useful for the future. I'm happy that I know that that's there. It's good. So, it's good stuff. If we ever need to bring up an outline again for this show Stephen, we've got it. It's just, just there. Just click revisions. Who knew? I didn't even know. Look at that. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. It was it was it was interesting, and what's really fascinating about all this stuff is like the ability for for people to work together and in in new and exciting ways, right? That's why all this stuff exists. So people don't have to be in the same room, or even if they are, they can now be like in the same document as opposed to like looking over each other's shoulders and. All that sort of stuff is really interesting, but like I, I can't, I can't really picture like where it's where it's going. Like it, it's useful now for certain things, like Jason, what you're saying. Like it's it's perfect for like what you guys do, but is it ever going to expand outside of those of us who basically make words for a living? I just, I just don't know. And I'm like, my daughter and her friends use Google Docs for homework assignments and stuff. From time to time, like group projects and things like that that you have to do in school. But again, does that translate? Will those kids grow up and start working and think that, of course, we're going to collaborate in the workplace like this? I don't, I don't know whether their jobs will fit those tools, or you know, or is it just going to be people who are writers and people who are writing papers in school? Yeah, I don't. You know, I, I definitely use it more and more at work, but I'm, you know, creative small environment, and it's, it's perfect for that. So. I don't know. I feel like we've beat this to death. Okay. iPad keyboards. Should we talk about those? Yeah. So I, I keyboards made up entirely of iPads. Yes. So uh, one key, one iPad per key. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It'd be uh, that, humongous. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, the Tom Hanks movie Big with the the yeah. piano. Like yeah, it's like 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 that, except it actually controls a giant typewriter. <laughs> Huge. Make it happen, Internet. Someone's done it already. Probably. Um, so I was looking for a keyboard uh, this week for my iPad Mini. Um, I just wanted to 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 talk about that and a little bit, and so I wanted to look at um, 
doing a bit more writing on my iPad and having a keyboard to do that. I used to use uh, an Apple Bluetooth keyboard many moons ago, but I now use that for my uh, Mac Mini that I have here. And I just wondered what what were people using. So I uh, took a look online um, at some stuff and people were suggesting things. And I've ended up going with um, the one that Federico uses, which he's actually, he wrote a little review about a while ago. Um, and it's called the Logitech Tablet Keyboard for iPad. Um, um, it wasn't necessarily my first choice. Um, I was looking for like Logitech to this Bluetooth one with like multiple, um, you can select multiple devices with it. And I was going to maybe going to try that out. But this Logitech keyboard is about a third of the price of that one. Um, so I, I saw it in a store here and, and thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to give this one a go. Federico speaks quite highly of it. Uh, it's just a simple Bluetooth keyboard. Uh, it's it's more towards the full size, um, which was kind of what I was looking for. People suggest like the, the Logitech ultra thin keyboard cover case thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really want to go for that because um, I wanted to have a full, a full size keyboard. Otherwise, I might as well just use the on-screen one. Um, in my opinion, because I'm, I'm not like a, a, a touch typer, so it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't have made that much difference to me at that point. Uh, I wanted to use a full size keyboard. It's it's comes in this interesting little case thing. Overall, it's maybe a little bit heavier than I would like, but the 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 actual keyboard itself is a really nice thing to to type on. And the case, the cover that it, so it comes in like a little case, like you get the the keyboard comes in like this case that you slide into it that you can also turn around on itself, and it becomes a stand for your iPad, which I thought was quite cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, I haven't really spent enough time with it to say that it's incredible, but uh, Federico really likes it. So um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I think we can trust him because he basically lives using it. You know, this that's what he uses. So uh, I thought, okay, I'm going to give it a whirl. Um, so I was wondering, Stephen, I know that you do a lot of writing on your uh, on your iPad. So uh, what 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 do you use for that? Um, I use a product uh, from Encase called the Origami Workstation, and um, it's not a. It's just basically a piece of fabric with some Velcro, and it basically puts the iPad up at a nice viewing angle. And its trick is that the Apple Bluetooth keyboard snaps into it, um, and then you can you can pair it. And the, the beauty of this is I've had the same one since it came out like years ago because the iPad doesn't really clip into it it just kind of sits um as some people are talking on twitter today it does not really work in your lap like you have to have like a tv tray and then put this thing on the tv tray which is like at that point you have like some like rube goldberg machine on your lap <laughs> but um I, I like it because i find the apple bluetooth keyboard really comfortable and like yes i know it doesn't have uh backlight it's not solar powered it doesn't have like the ios special function keys but generally when i'm when I'm writing the iPad, like I'm sitting down and like I'm in a text editor and then I'm in Safari and I'm just bouncing back between, between the two or now an editorial, like the in app browser. And so I, I really am not using spotlight or, you know, multitasking all that much. And so I haven't really ever felt, felt the need for all the Apple special iOS keys. Um, and it's most critically, it's the exact same keyboard that's built into my MacBook air. It's the same keyboard I use on my desk um, so there's no like readjustment period for you know for for typing. It's the same experience everywhere. So I can be just as fast on this as I can um, when I'm at when I'm at my computer. And I think I have the exact same setup. I have the Origami Workstation, which yeah, it's not a, it doesn't turn your iPad into a laptop, although you can kind of balance it. But I what I found is when I tried all of those you know, magnetic cover, keyboard cover kind of things for the iPad. First off, I, I didn't like them because they tend to be, the keys tend to be a little cramped compared to the Apple keyboard, which is the, Mac, like like Stephen said, it's the MacBook Air, you know, MacBook keyboard. It's the Apple keyboard, so it feels exactly the same. And that, that just meant so much to me. And I figured if I'm using it somewhere where I need to balance it on my lap, I can do that. Um, or I can, like, on an airplane, I can put the iPad up on the, on the on the tray and keep the keyboard in my lap and I can type that way. There are lots of different ways I can do that. So I'm I'm 
I'm liking that a lot um, because I like the full-size keyboard. And then the other, I use a Logitech keyboard that's, I think, discontinued now at my at my desk here at work. And I just bought the um, Logitech Illuminated keyboard, which is, a, it's actually a, a, they market it as Mac, iPad, iPhone. And it's a small keyboard. It's a little bit, I think, bigger than the Apple keyboard, but not a lot. And it's backlit, um, charges over USB, and can last for weeks. And it's got a switch on it, so I can flip it, 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 it you know, it will switch between three different uh, pairing profiles for three different devices, so I can have it on a Mac and then flip it, and uh, then it, it will be on my iPad. So um, it's very similar, I think, to what the stuff that Apple offers. But um, but mostly when I'm traveling, it's the origami and the Apple keyboard because it's just I know it's boring, but I'm with Steven. It's like consistent typing experience. The one I'm used to on my laptop. Uh, why would I change? And I guess the benefit with the origami. Um, as well is that you don't have to worry about it getting um, that you don't have to worry about the iPad changing and then not being able to use it. Right, I got that for the iPad too, and it still works with the iPad Mini and the iPad Air because it doesn't really matter. Um, it's a little the Air is a little low in it because it's expecting a wider bezel and the Mini's a little low, but it's it's still usable because it's not an iPad case; it's a keyboard case that turns into an iPad uh, like stand, and that means that uh it, it has a longer life yeah i mean there were there were rumors before this falls event that you know apple was going to to maybe spend some some time in this arena you know the the surface sort of famously comes with uh two you can do a the touch cover or the the type cover that actually has keys in it um and, and obviously apple didn't do anything it's actually been a long time since apple has the first ipad they had that that weird, it was like basically the Bluetooth keyboard with like a big plastic hump on it, and you sat the iPad one down in, yeah. um, in portrait I mode. I have that in my desk at work. I've got it just like filed away as old tech. As like this like weird thing Apple made for like nine months. Like yeah, portrait mode had, only. Yeah, such a pain. Um, do you think it's something Apple should address? I mean, I feel like I mean every time I travel or even like I'm out in meetings, like. People are more and more using iPads with these keyboard covers yeah. as like little laptops. Is that is that do you think Apple's ever gonna move into that as an accessory? Isn't Apple totally into the accessory thing again? I feel like Apple's yeah. re with the with the new cases and stuff for the iPhones and the iPads that they're re-engaging in accessories. I'm I am a little surprised that they didn't do it now, but it wouldn't shock me if they did it next year sometime because yeah the surface how much mileage has microsoft gotten over something that the ipads absolutely do as well but um there's no from apple solutions so microsoft can be like well you buy your surface and you get our keyboard with it whereas probably the situation with the ipads is much better because there's all sorts of different choices but still it's not like apple to bypass they could sell a like super high margin maybe even have access to some features that aren't um you know aren't there in third parties but even if it was just a bluetooth keyboard with a a, a clip or something it wouldn't surprise me if they did it and and my suspicion is they will because as federico pointed out on twitter last week um the, they've added key bindings to apps in iOS 7 so any app developer can put key bindings in their apps and it works with Bluetooth keyboards. And I had that's one of those features I had despaired Apple ever adding to iOS. I figured they just didn't care. It was mm-hmm. like, ah, keyboards, that's an edge case. And for them to do that makes me start to wonder, hmm, I wonder, sometimes Apple does those things and they don't, they seem maybe like it's a nice thing for the platform and then later they release a product and you're like, oh, I see. That's why they right. do that. They're just laying the groundwork kind of quiet, kind of quietly. Um, yeah. And I, you know, Apple accessories are, are nothing new. I mean, I've got, you know, all sorts of crazy stuff floating around. I, I, I put a link. Hi-fi. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, my, my, my link is my joke is like Apple had a $99 leather iPod case, but it was actually announced in February 2006 at the same time as the iPod Hi-Fi. Um, I think I have one of those in my drawer at the office. Oh, too. no. Uh, I was, um, I was <laughs> an Apple Store employee sort of in that time frame, and, uh, I don't think we ever sold a leather iPod case, like ever. It's a hundred dollars, and you could buy like a silicone one with like Hello Kitty on it for, you know, twenty nine bucks. And probably but. other leather cases. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the current the current crop of of iPad and iPhone cases are kind of like that, where, you know, they're not the class of the market. They're okay, and well, the the five C case is not okay. It's lame, but. Um, 
they're not the best by I, mean, I think nobody would claim other than Apple that they were the best, but they're going to sell a load of them and they're going to have huge margins on them because people are going to buy them in the Apple store and Apple store employees are going to say, "Oh, I've got this Apple case right here." And and it's the only case that has the Apple logo on the back embossed on the case because yeah. it's from Apple. And so they're going to make a fortune and I, I can't you know, I can't say how dare they. I mean, they should make money on this this stuff and if people want to buy those products, that's that's great. And if they're going to do that, then make a keyboard. <clears throat> I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, yeah, this is not a new this is not a new thought at all. But it if they if they are going to do an iPad Pro, um, that would be a kind of a perfect thing to go along with it. Your iPad, sure, I suppose so. I, I don't the really air, know. The I, air is too small now for them to do a properly sized keyboard, and I think Apple is really not interested in making tiny keyboards on their laptops yeah. or anywhere. So I think that a bigger I think the iPad Air is like a little too small for a proper like snap in Apple keyboard now because yeah. it's too small. Well I, I think uh, go on Stephen. So I, I just rewatched the um original I guess I guess it was two thousand eight MacBook Air introduction. Actually linked to it in my iPad Air review talking about the name and something that I had forgotten that Jobs really pushed in that keynote is like this is a regular size keyboard because, you know, all the rage was like, you know, tiny little netbooks that are, you know, have really like terrible keys that you're going to have crippling arthritis after writing a, a single, you know, document. And and they really pushed it and they pushed it again when they went to the 11 inch. This is like the full size keyboard. And so, Jason, I, I think you're absolutely right. They don't want to do something that's going to be like small and janky. They want, you know, the full key size the the spacing in between it the the depth and the spring that they have in their keys they want to keep that consistent i think when they when they did their research on those netbooks when they were getting pummeled by people who said why isn't apple doing a netbook and they were like ipad is coming come on hold on um i think they did their research and they did what i did when i tried out a netbook which is which is say you know it's not that the screen is small or that it's underpowered it's that this keyboard is terrible because it's tiny and anybody who's ever learned to type on a keyboard can't use this keyboard because all the keys are mushed together and yeah. i think somebody at apple whether it was steve jobs or jonathan ive or somebody else was like okay lesson learned funny shaped funny sized keyboards no good we're never going to do that yeah you know jason it's really funny i'm sure you do not remember this but you know i grew up like not, I mean, growing up, like, became an Apple nerd in high school and was, like, reading Macworld magazine and, like, uh, when I... In high school, so, like, uh, 2009? Shh. No. Oh, no, don't no, take no that sadness. seriously. Oh, God. No, no how, young, how young are you? <clears throat> it's not... No, no I'm... Um, <laughs> let me ask you this. Right. Do you remember when the, when the Challenger exploded? Yes. I, I was born that day. Wow. So, 86. <laughs> I was yeah, I was in gym class. I was a I was a sophomore in high school. I was uh, in the birth canal. So, sort of the same, sort of the same thing. <laughs> um, That's a day that will live in infamy. <laughs> Are you okay, Mike? No, <laughs> I quit. I quit now. <laughs> oh no, I have to learn logic now. Um, let's call let's call Federico, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but it. Jason, it was funny, and I had I had totally forgotten about this until you until we talked about netbooks. That's actually the first time you and I inter- ever interacted. Was I quoted you in an article uh, about netbooks, and you disagreed with my interpretation <laughs> of your post? Damn um, you! I was going to say were, I was probably really su- mean to you. No, you were super nice <laughs> about it because you're a lovely okay. and kind man. And then Stephen had to to shut down that website because Jason. I, I had to, to rename ground. it. I had to rename it because you burned <laughs> it to the ground. That's Gone. How, that's, if you criticize Jason, he will power slide outside your house until uh-huh. until you stop. Yeah, I have no memory of that, but I, I don't. Re- I only vaguely remember Dan Morin coming up to me at MacWorld Expo asking asking for a job, and and he ended up with a job. So is that all it I, takes? I don't, yeah. Man. Well, he right place, right time. He ambushed me after I was on the panel at MacWorld Expo. But there it is. But yeah, that but, netbook thing that I really just. <laughs> I, I am a fast typist. I'm a 115 word per minute kind of person. So getting off of a regular keyboard to something that's off standard, I, it it normal typing people might like be like, eh, it's a little slower. And for me, it was like a car crash. It was just like not <laughs> possible to type. So uh, this is something that I should have mentioned for follow ups. Just very quickly, do you remember I was speaking last week about this iPad case that I want? So uh, with the putting field notes and pens and stuff in it. Turns out doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> so I'm actually working with a guy on having one made 
<laughs> of course you are. Of course I am. Um, uh, uh, obviously, through the, the pen addict show, I know a bunch of people that make these interesting, good things out of leather and stuff. So we're working on one. He currently makes like uh, iPhone case wallet type things. Hmm. Um, so we're, we're looking at a, a, a That's case like the, the weirdest internet famous thing you've done. Yeah, I know, right? Now I'm getting a, <laughs> like, oh, a I'm case working, made I'm, for me. I'm working with a leather designer to make a custom case. Because, you know, it's just how I roll. It's how I roll these days. It's very British of you. <laughs> I don't know if it is, but sure. So, Jason, how's the iPad Air? It's light. It's, uh, you know, I, it's, it's, how is it? It's good. It's fast. It's light. And I'm mostly using the iPad mini with Retina now. <laughs> yes. Sorry to whoever. Well. Which one of you had the the air in the pool? Because I I, yeah, I, uh, I do. I'm mostly back to the iPad. I, I so I did the review of the air. So I was with the air for a couple of weeks, and then the mini came out. Kind of surprised everybody, right? I you know Tuesday morning I appear at Apple HQ at my appointed time, and they're like, "Here it is." <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, surprise. And uh, then, so I started using that and wrote the review on that and uh, expected – and I've done some like back and forth a little bit, but mostly um, have not – I kept wondering, am I going to be tempted by the Air because I got them both here and I can use either one? And I found that I've just been gravitating right back to the Mini again, which I was on the original iPad Mini for the last year. I, I abandoned the full-sized iPad a year ago. And after a couple weeks with the Air, getting the Retina Mini, I just haven't felt that that pull back to the – the air, it's nice. It's it's really nice. It's tempting in a way that the iPad 4 never was for me. But I'm still more on the mini than the air. And they're the same, right? I and mean, they're almost exactly the same other than the size thing. Yeah. It's the same pixels and all that. Yeah. And I, Mike, just tell me to hush if I said this exact thing last week. But, you know, we have been talking about how they're basically the same. Like the same processor, basically the same clock speed. Um. And how that's a very like MacBook computer type thing to do, right? That you have multiple sizes. But what I, I, ha- I really hadn't considered until maybe last week when I talked about it, or maybe I didn't, it's hard to say, um, is that, you know, like the 11-inch MacBook Air is like slower and kind of worse than the 13-inch MacBook Air, which, you know, you can spec to be faster and but that's not what they did here. Like they are, they are for all intents and purposes the same thing. And the only difference is, is a screen size. And it's just, I can't help but wonder like what that means for you know for the iPhone is the first thing that comes to mind. But it's sort of like a very computer line type thing to do, and um, it definitely makes a decision a lot harder between the two of them. Yeah, the clock speed is a little bit less, and I think that's probably a battery life tweak they so it's but i don't think it's anything you'd ever notice it's like a total nerd thing if you run a benchmark app you'll see that it's a little slower but i I just don't think anybody is ever gonna gonna care although i will as an 11 inch macbook air user i will defend it you can you can spec up a macbook 11 inch macbook air to be pretty impressive i am i am typing to you now from a 1.7 gigahertz i7 with eight gigs of ram on a on a MacBook, 11-inch MacBook Air, and I think 256 SSD. So, you know, you can go crazy with the Air, too, and make it, I mean, it's it's very much the same. You know, the 11 and the 13 can be interchangeable, just like the the iPad mini and the iPad Air. So, hmm. you know, it is it is like that. It's funny. It's I just got so used to the mini being the second-class citizen that I was like, yeah, it's slow. It doesn't have Retina, but I don't care. It's so light. And now it's like, where did my compromises go? <laughs> They're gone. What happened? Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe my brain is wired the wrong way around, but like <laughs> for sure, every it, it definitely is. But maybe maybe this shows it. But like everybody in their comparison, well, most people that I've read in their comparison pieces are talking about how the, it's now a harder decision because they're practically the same device. I think <laughs> it's an easier decision. Like you either want the big one or the small one. Like there's no other thing to cloud your judgment anymore. You either want the big one. Or you want the small one? Like it used to be, you know. It's harder in that they're closer together, but it's not harder in the sense that you're choosing between compromises anymore. Now you just have to, now it's like, would you like that chocolate donut or that, you know, chocolate cake? It's like, oh boy, what a a difficult decision. Chocolate here or chocolate there? Boy, what what will I do? As opposed to like, would you like the, the, uh, I don't know. I don't know what another example would be. (laughs) 
chocolate cake, but it's radioactive. <laughs> or a chocolate donut, but it's full of tuna. <laughs> no, that's... <laughs> Why do I have to choose? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I mean, for me, it was the keyboard. And it's actually funny. Like, I have TweetBot open kind of on the side. And Fraser Spears literally just tweeted this. Uh, a picture of him typing on the mini in the air next to each other. And, and that was the factor for me was when I don't have my Bluetooth keyboard or origami stand business typing on the, on the thing as a piece of glass, the, the air is more comfortable. Yes. Agreed completely. If I, if I, if I felt like I was going to be typing on the screen a lot, I would get the air. I kind of feel like I, I would rather embrace the Bluetooth keyboard at this point and have the mini for when I'm not, cause I'm not, I'm not, really intensely writing on the on the iPad that often if i was doing it all the time i would you know i would do that because you're absolutely right that is a place where the and and there's maybe some other stuff that there are apps with sort of fiddly interfaces where you really need to make some very fine motions that it's just harder on that smaller screen but typing is the obvious one it's just if you put it down in your lap in portrait orientation and you're typing away like on the software keyboard um, the the air is going to be way better than the mini. Totally. Yeah. One last right, thing on win. this. Um, do you remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about how none of us liked the split screen keyboard for the portrait view? Uh, yeah, yeah. The thing where it comes up and you can like put it in the middle of the screen, but it's it's yeah. like a Mission Impossible. It's like what Mission Impossible thought keyboards would be like in the future. Right. So, I was shouting my agreement with that as I was driving across the Golden Gate Bridge. Doing, I, you know, exactly. power slide, of course. Of course, <laughs> across <laughs> as, the as you do. You power you slide do. the length of the bridge. Um, I cheat when I type. I, I move to keys that aren't on the, that I shouldn't be typing from that hand. <laughs> and and so when you do a split keyboard, it's like, no, where, where, are, my, where are my letters at? <laughs> They're yeah. gone. Well, one of our complaints was that you, well, if you want to use it, you have to like, throw it halfway through or up the screen to use it. Um, a couple of people contacted me on Twitter. This is weeks ago, so I didn't save it, I'm afraid. If you just have the the keyboard there and you just yep. pinch out from the middle it just splits it and keeps it in place yeah i didn't and know you that. can also you can also slide that split keyboard up and down the screen so you can put it in all sorts of crazy positions so you can move right up to the top if that's where you want it <laughs> you um, can don't do that <laughs> why why ever not so we uh, are uh podcasting partner in arms mr federico vitici when he found out that uh, you were going to be on the show today, Jason, he had a, he had a question that he wanted me to, to ask you. So I will read that question for you now. Jason, I used to be into manga. I read them. A, I read them a lot and was a fan of all sorts of stuff. But manga readers on the iPad suck. I have never read American comics like Marvel stuff. So let's say I want to start reading comics today without feeling like an idiot. What should I do? Which series and which apps? Thanks. And uh, Federico has said that he that this will uh, be a glimmer of happiness in a sea of despair and red modem lights for him. <laughs> well, first off, that is the worst Italian accent I have ever heard. Well, um, have you ever been to Italy? <laughs> no, I haven't. Well, there you go. <laughs> okay. You might be perfect. Do they all sound like you? Yes, they That's do. I'm Italian. Okay. <laughs> um, I... Um, uh, let's see. So first off, I, I, I should say that the Retina Mini is, is good enough to read comics on. Everything's a little small, but um, it makes it's a big upgrade. Um, Comixology is the, uh, is the go-to app for buying comics. I, I don't know whether what's available in Italy or whether he should use his U.S. iTunes ID, which presumably he has. Um, but uh, the, in the U.S., certainly, that's, the, that's the, the way to go. There's a really nice app um called chunky comics um chunky comic reader that is um i found out about it because they sponsored my podcast one week so i should disclaim that i guess but it was like once and it was months ago and i keep plugging it because it's good um and there are a bunch of other comic readers like that that they'll read pdfs and they'll read uh the the like cbr and cbz which are these kind of they used to be pirate formats, but um, there are also a lot of publishers who use those formats now, like Image Comics uses those formats, and you can buy DRM-free comics from them and read them on 
on Chunky Comic Reader or Comic Zeal is another yeah, one was that's pretty good. I was just about to say that I like Comic Zeal. Comic Zeal was always the standard for me. Yeah. And then uh, Chunky is good, too, and has the nice nice Dropbox integration and some nice effects. Like you turn the page and it kind of zips off with a little blur effect. And it, and it looks good on on uh, on Retina devices. It does some upsampling and downsampling to get it to look as good as it can. It's nice. Um and then comics, I'm going to kind of ch- channel Merlin Man here because Merlin and I are, are kind of of a kind about this, that I think the best comics going right now are actually Hawkeye. And yes. I, I, sound, I sound like a Marvel zombie when I say that, but Hawkeye reads like an indie comic to me. It doesn't read like a um, you know a, a, your usual Marvel kind of comic. And it is about the, the guy with the bow and arrow, but it's what he does when he's not – um, doing his job as an Avenger, and instead is a guy living in an apartment in Brooklyn, and their, you know, his first up first issue is like him taking a dog to the vet, and it's a little more complicated than that. But um, that's a classic. That's great. And uh, uh, Saga, which is from Image Comics, which is by Brian K. Vaughan, who did Why the Last Man, um, and that's a really insane but great sort of sci-fi fantasy mashup thing um and i like that one a lot those are the two that i'm reading the most right now and then you know there if he really wants a uh we should do like a, a federico comics like special sometime and uh, you know i can bring in the i can bring in all the comics experts and we can do not quite an intervention but more like comics 101 for federico to get him back into it i would the only one i would add just because i i enjoy it and it's a a good jumping on point still is superior spider-man um, oh, do you like Superior Spider? Yeah, I'm I'm against Superior Spider-Man, but that's okay. It's been getting better. If you haven't been reading it, I mean, I, I can understand I, I why you're against <laughs> why you're against the core concept of it. That's that's perfectly understandable. But um, or maybe to to, to try uh, Ultimate Spider-Man because that is oh, excellent. So Ultimate Spider-Man is one of my favorite. Uh, favorite comics and I, I think they're done at least for now with the, what they're calling Ultimate Comics Spider-Man because there's this whole thing but you could start from the beginning with um, the or- original Ultimate Spider-Man by Brian Bendis and and uh, oh who's the artist? Mark Bagley and they did like 111 issues of it um, and that's with uh, sort of Peter Parker but no continuity and back from uh, him being a high school student and that's one of my favorite modern comics so I, I love that. I love that. And I actually just read um, Immortal Iron Fist, I think, which is by the same guys who do Hawkeye. And that was like 20 issues that they did. That was actually really great, too, by um, by uh, God, Matt Fraction. And, and uh, David Aha. David Aha, yeah. Right. Spanish. Yeah. I'm a, I'm, that's, that's next on my list, actually, um, Iron Fist. Because, yeah, it's uh, good. They're a dream it's on, That's on Marvel Unlimited, which... Um, I realized the other day, I tweeted about this, that um, Marvel Unlimited is like Netflix for Marvel comics. It's only Marvel comics, but it's like $69 or something, $60, somewhere in there for a year. Um, but the, I was on a trip. I, I went to Boston to, for some meetings and then flew back. And I realized during that trip, which is about three days and two six-hour plane trip, plane flights in, in the middle of it, I had read – I did the math. I had read like $50 worth of comics <laughs> – and I thought, if if in four days I can read fifty dollars worth of comics on Marvel Unlimited, it was probably worth the sixty or seventy bucks I spent in last December because I've been reading a lot and I never totaled uh, just how many comics I was reading. So that's that's actually pretty good if you if you like Marvel comics. Um, it's uh, the app isn't as good as Comicsology's app at all, yeah. but the price is great. Have they increased the amount of comics you can store? For reading later, you, you can store up to twelve to read offline, and I actually, the I think it's actually better when you store them because then it caches them. Otherwise, it like loads them a page at a time. So even when I'm reading online, I tr- I store them offline, <laughs> and then I read them, and then I delete them and and store more because it works better. Do they do trades or just single issues? Uh, the Marvel Unlimited is just signal, single issues. Yeah, I see. Mm-hmm. Um, Comicsology does does digital yeah. trades. Yeah, I only is... read comics and Comicsology. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I just got one. I got my first physical comic in ages the other day, and it was um, it was uh, the Hawkeye uh, hardcover, which is the first yeah, I saw that. eleven issues of Hawkeye. Which is I, I decided that I love that one so much, I was going to get it in in uh, in hardcover. So there you go, Federico. A couple of apps for you and some uh, 
highly recommended. Excellent comics to start with. And now we are a real podcast because we just had a five or ten minute aside about <laughs> uh, comics. So This qualifies us as a 5x5 five five podcast. Yes. Because uh, like Back to Work and all of Moises' podcasts and The Incomparable, which is my podcast, plug, uh, we talk about comics sometimes. It happens. And uh, anytime I have Merlin on Command Space, we talk about them. It's just, it's just a thing. It's just, sure. just what we need to do. It's so this is the first time I've derailed a Mac podcast talking about comics or an a-, a tech podcast. I, I, I apologize, but it, it was Federico. It's his it fault. Was, it was him. his question. It was his question. Yeah, I had a, I had a good run trying to not talk about comics. But it's, yeah. nah, what, it's what is this? Twenty three. Yeah, nice I got twenty three hours of the prompt in before it happened. You did but well, it, but it didn't. Well, if you want to re- if you want to hear more about comics, uh, please check out uh, episodes one fifty four and one fifty seven of the Incomparable, which feature Mer- feature Merlin Man, and we talk about Saga and Hawkeye. But you should read them first. Yeah, you, you definitely should read them first because because yeah, uh, we spoil things on the Incomparable. That's what we do, and yeah, the best <laughs> sound effect for it. So, gentlemen, I think we're about at the end of this week's episode. Um, unless anybody has anything else they would like to add. Take action. Uh, yes, you must take action. Um, that is a, that is imperative. Um, and uh, Mr. Jason Snell, where can people uh, keep up with you? Where can they get in touch with you if they would like to? <laughs> I'm. I just saw the note in the in the in our show notes, which says, "Oh my God, what is happening? Is this back to work?" That <laughs> <laughs> uh, made me laugh out loud. Literally, uh, you can find me. Uh, my my tech stuff is at macworld.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jay Snell. And as I just shamelessly plugged, you can listen to my uh, geek pop culture podcast, The Incomparable. It's on 5x5, so 5x5.tv slash incomparable. Excellent stuff. And Stephen, you are uh, you are ISMH at ISMH on Twitter, and you uh, write at 512pixels.net. Is that correct? <laughs> that's all. That's all true. Are you my agent? Yes. Yes, I am. In, oh. I, yes. I am now. <laughs> it's legally binding now. And uh, I have some work that you need to complete. I'll talk about it later on. Mm-hmm. But that sounds weird. I, just, I, I back out of that. Stop. I'm, I'm backing mm. away. Uh, I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Uh, thank you so much, Jason, for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I'm I'm very happy to do it. I hope uh, Federico's uh, internet problem gets fixed very soon. Oh, we'll just have to. We'll just keep bringing people in every week. We're we're run, we're going to end up running out of people at some point, but uh, hopefully, hopefully, Federico will be back with us next week. Um, I want to thank you all for listening to this week's episode. We have a, a Twitter account for the show, which is underscore the prompt, and you can feel free to contact us there if you wish. And we will be back next week for another episode of the prompt. Thanks. Bye bye. Adios. Arrivederci. Yes!